I don't know where you're at in your life or what you're going through, but I want to tell you to keep going, baby. I want to tell you success is on the other side of it. I want to tell you it's going to be okay. I want to tell you that the windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror for a reason. Because what's in front of you is so much more important than what's behind you. Let's party, Nashville! Hey, what's up, y'all? This is your host, Brianna Fisher, and welcome to the Made in His Image podcast, the intersected space of mental health, physical wellness, and soul wellness in Jesus Christ. If this is your first time coming in, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for dropping in for a little bit. And if you are a returner, returning listener, thank you so much for coming back. As you guys know, it is always a pleasure. It is with the deepest part of my heart that I am so appreciative of this space and of y'all's support. So... I took a little hiatus, 2023 is coming to an end, and I took a little hiatus off of podcasting. I didn't do it on purpose. Let me say, life just started hitting, and it started two-piecing me. Nonetheless, we move. Happy to be here. The Lord is still good. I'm a little under the weather, but we move. And if you listen to my last episode, which was offense, defense, transition, I just talked about navigating the uncertain parts of our life in those gray areas and going from an offensive mindset to a defensive mindset to an offensive mindset and you know the gray areas in between which pretty much segues into the conversation that we're going to talk about today which if you can tell by the title objects in the mirror are not as close as they appear I wanted to kind of give you guys a little bit of insight into a, a small little conversation disclaimer I recorded this episode in my bed probably 12 o'clock at night it was very late and it was just a conversation with God it was a quiet time conversation with God and I ended up recording it kind of like I was talking to y'all kind of like I was in expectation that I was going to be recording it and putting it out there for people to hear but I think that's the really cool part and just wanted to share this uh, next piece with you guys so please like comment subscribe enjoy give me your feedback and let's hop straight into it and while we're hopping into it I'm gonna go ahead and pray Heavenly Father, thank you for another day, for another breath that you have put in our lungs, God. Thank you for carrying us through 2023, Lord God, and thank you for carrying us over into this next year, Lord God. I pray in this conversation today that not only is there insight and that that your spirit sits on us today, but I also pray, Lord, that for all of us that are holding on to something that is no longer benefiting us, Lord God, that we would lay it at your feet. I pray that we would keep our eyes fixed towards you, that our heart would be fixed towards you, Lord God, and that we would get to see the new things that you are producing in our life and that we would have, we would make up in our mind what walking with you each day looks like, even if we have to put something down every single day, Lord. Help us to walk with you. Help us to hear you. Help us to see you and help us to see the new things that you are doing so that we may be in step and in alignment with what you have it, what you have set over our life, Father God. I pray against every spirit that wants to uh, encourage distractions or anxiety, Lord God, but that we just speak with clarity and understanding and insight and grow closer to you. In Jesus' name, I ask and pray. Amen. With that being said, I'll go ahead and start the next segment. Love y'all. Enjoy. Peace. reading Don't Look Back by Christine Kane and really good book really really good book one of those books that I bought literally back in April and it is now December and I just finished it it's one of those books I it's good but I pick it up read put it down 
pick it back up, put it down, pick it back up, put it back down. Don't pick it back up for a couple weeks, off and on, off and on until I finish. And I just finished. But the book was, the book is about Lot's wife, not in totality. And it's very multi-layered, but the thesis or the theme of the book is about Lot's wife. And Lot's wife, it's a story in Genesis. And then it is a story that Jesus brings back up in Luke, in Luke 19. And Jesus is saying, I believe he's saying it to the disciples. And he says, don't, he says, remember Lot's wife. Now, there's a lot of women that Jesus could have talked about all throughout the Bible, but he doesn't mention them the way that he mentions Lot's wife. I guess that sparked Christine Kane's curiosity because then she began to actually write a whole book about it and it says in Luke 17 32 remember Lot's wife whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it but whoever loses his life will keep it so he says remember Lot's wife for context in Genesis that's the story of Sodom and Gomorrah and Sodom and Gomorrah was a very rich town very rich, very wealthy, but very immoral, very treacherous. It was the trenches, to be honest. They was down bad. Everybody was outside acting bad. Nobody was living holy or righteous before God. God could not find one righteous person in that whole city to the point where, like, they had to keep dropping the number until at least one was found, and it was Lot. And so the angels took, God took mercy on Lot and he sent his angels to warn Lot saying hey get out of the city God is about to destroy it and when you leave don't look back don't turn around run or he's on his way out as I said before the angels warn him saying don't look back do not turn around like get out of there lest you be swept away well not everybody caught the memo because him and his daughters escaped but Lot's wife and we don't even really get her name i think another text somewhere her name is written but in this particular text it wasn't and it says that she looked back and she was turned into a pillar of salt and as a kid i never understood that i was like that's very odd it's a very odd thing to turn somebody into like she could have been stoned she could have melted away but salt my salt when i was reading christine kane's book she began to explain Lot's wife. And so when she was explaining Lot's wife, it says that she didn't just turn around to overlook her shoulder. It says while they were leaving, while they were running for their life leaving, it says she looked back longingly. So she looked back longingly as if she was losing something. So we're gonna put a bookmark there because now I'm going to go to Luke 9.62. Different storyline, same thing, same concept, just explained in another way. And Jesus is talking to a man who is telling him to follow him. Or a man, like a man, he's, he's getting ready to follow Jesus. And he pretty much states like, okay, like I'm going to follow you, but let me turn around and say goodbye to my family. He says, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom. The, the second 
guy i'm like jesus he can't go say bye what's the reason <laughs> what is the reason that he can't go say bye i've read articles i've read i reread the text i even talked to my mom about it and she started to break it down even in simple words and sometimes like it, it seems so dramatic and so drastic like dang like why does it cost so much just to follow Christ and honestly it costs us everything but it costs us everything that we think is expensive help the Lord say this what Jesus was dealing when Jesus said this no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom Jesus was saying anyone that turns their back off of the faith that they have professed and goes back words is not fit for the kingdom and you know this sounds harsh because it's like well I'll never be fit for the kingdom then like I'm far from perfect I stumble I fall backwards even while I'm trying to focus on God and I'm trying to do the right thing and I'm trying to live a life that's holier I'm trying to live a life that's righteous I'm just trying to be a better person in general I fall and I mess up a lot so like uh, that just feels like I'm going to be unfit for the kingdom period and Jesus knew that Jesus knew that Jesus says in his word he's like I didn't come to abolish the law I came to fulfill it so Jesus knows that like we'll never be able to fulfill that you know living a perfect life on our own that's that's what he came for and so he would take care of that so we would have access to God because of him but what Jesus was saying is if you look back and turn take your eyes off of him you've lost sight of the kingdom that makes you unfit for the kingdom not because you fumbled or fell it's because you took your eyes off of him this is and this is this is the main point that I'm starting to get now of what Jesus was saying and what and the reason why Lot's wife even why she was turned into a pillar of salt so as I stated before, Sodom and Gomorrah was like the trenches. It might as well have been a brothel. I know that sounds bad, but like, go read it for yourself. It's, it's juicy. It's, it was bad. And it was an incredibly immoral place. Like greed, corruption, immorality, the, everything that you can think of. And God was like, I'm going to destroy this city. This city, no one, no one, no one lives holy here. No one even acknowledges me who created all this for them so God was like I'm gonna get rid of this and we're gonna wipe it clean God was not playing with them in the new test in the old testament go read it for yourself what gets me is like I said she had it made she had it made her husband was rich she had everything she wanted everything a a life that she's comfortable and familiar in a life that she has accustomed to lived in she has got accustomed to living in a life that has benefited her and even if it comes comes at the cost of other people it's benefited her and you know this doesn't sound like such a bad thing because it's like she's just living her mind in her business until you remember this life that we live is not about us period I know we want to live like live comfortably live wealthily with live lavishly which is not a sin that's not a problem and that's not a bad thing to want all of those things but more than anything, we're put on this earth to glorify God and to love others. To love God with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, and then to love others. And so when we are not loving God and we are not loving other people, we're missing the mark terribly. 
and Sodom and Gomorrah was not a place that acknowledged, even acknowledged God. And they were doing, and it says they were doing everything. They were doing what was right in their eyes. So God was like, this city can't stand here anymore. This got to go. And so when she, when it's time to get out, it's time to be like, okay, we can't walk this life anymore. Instead of walking in the direction of, I don't know where we're headed. I, I, this is going to be uncomfortable, but this whole world is God so he can do with it as he pleases I'm going to focus on the one who created it instead of the creation itself instead of looking in the direction of having her eyes focused on her savior she looked back on everything that she had made her savior she looked back on all of these things that provided her comfort that she that very counterfeitly provided her comfort or safety or prestige or belonging or identity it she looked at those things and her heart was set on those things and so then you start to see okay well this isn't just like a she was she was fearful of like what was come she had a heart problem because her heart was more fixed on her past and her comfort and her old ways and that's a heart problem that that ended up killing her it says that it says as soon as she looked back she was turned to a pillar a pillar of salt and this is this is cool this is a really cool thing that you can actually go research if you were to go research right now look it up if you have the time or if you're on your phone lot's wife overlooking the dead sea to this day because the dead sea like where that is that's that was like pretty much modern day Sodom and Gomorrah because God wiped that city out with rain and sulfur he wiped it out completely and to this day no life can live there and where that place currently is is the Dead Sea where it's just sea and water no life can actually live there if there is a pillar it literally if you look it up on the Google images that pillar is still standing there to this day and it is facing the Dead Sea overlooking the Dead Sea follow me in Hebrew text pillar the word pillar p-i-l-l-a-r it translates to deputy or garrison and a deputy or garrison is pretty much something that is assigned to watch over something it is assigned to watch over and look over something kind of like a like not like a guardian but it's over it's overlooking something and nothing can get past it her body her remains is overlooking the Dead Sea. So her deputy, garrison, pillar, whatever word you want to use, is going to is is to this day overlooking dead things. And she never got to see new life because she was so focused on dead things. I don't know who that is for, but stop looking back at dead things. Stop looking back at the past. Because Lot's wife, while she was looking at her comfort, she was still looking at things in the past, at dead things. She was still more focused on the rearview mirror. She ended up crashing out because of it. Whether it was a good past that you can't seem to let go of and you want to stay stuck in and it was comfortable or it's a bad past that you're letting be the soundtrack of your future. The past is the past and it's about time that we leave it there. What would our life be like if we actually left things where they were supposed to be left, which was in the past? Because take it there for a second, even generational curses, there's things generationally that get passed down 
that we say like, oh, well, this is just my story. It, all, it doesn't have to be. Anxiety does not have to be your story. Depression does not have to be your story. Infertility does not have to be your story. Suicidal thoughts or suicidal ideation does not have to be your story. There are so many things that we attach to ourselves because of our past or where we came from. That does not have to be our story. It does not have to be our narrative. And I don't even believe that's the narrative that God would even want written over us. Jeremiah 1, 1 5, God says, For I knew you when you were in your mother's room, I, and I set you apart. What if we got a hold of the creator who is writing our story instead of the creations that have tried to mess up and and scribble into the story? Whether that was a person, whether that was a situation, whether that was a bad news re- doctor's report or a bad accident. Sometimes we let too much of the things of this world write our story and make a mess of the pages instead of giving the book back to the one who created the story and is still writing it. Because the Bible says in Romans 8, 28, all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Give God back the book to write the story. Give him back the book. But the only way you can do that is if you stop turning around. If you stop looking back on the pages and chapters before. And I'm not, and I'm not talking not, and I'm not talking about like not reflecting because reflecting is us bringing things to God which is the only way we truly get healing. The more we bring it to him, the more that we put things at his feet. But I think it, it what's important is that we don't get stuck there. Follow me, because this is my next point. So I've been, re- I've been in Hebrews like crazy. Like I was reading Hebrews majority of November. And as I was reading it, I got on, I think it was like Hebrews 11 and it talks about like by faith. And so it starts listing out um, all the people of the Bible, at least in the Old Testament, uh, like Abraham. Did y'all sing that song when we were growing up? Like Father Abraham and many sons. So like it was Father Abraham, Isaac, um, Jacob, and then it just it, it keeps listing them. And then it talks about like Gideon and Samson and Barak and and all these other people that walked by faith. And even though they didn't get to see the promises of God like completed, they still walked by faith, knowing that God was a good God. He was a sovereign God. It also talks about in that chapter how they greeted the promises of God afar because they were sojourners here on earth, meaning they were just passing by here on earth because they knew that they were citizens to heaven, that there was an eternal glory that they were walking towards, that they were focused on, which helped them stay more focused on the things of the Lord and his promises as compared to you know their situation. Because they we think we're in the trenches now they were in the trenches for real i can't imagine being in the wilderness for 40 years but that's neither here nor there my point being it says that they were sojourners and they were passing to and from they recognize that even though we're planting our little travel tent right here we we don't belong here this is just where we're staying even if we stay here for the next 30 odd years this is not our home our home is heaven our home is somewhere else so much so much further away and so much more greater in glory than what we see right now and so that started ministering to me as I and it's in Christine Kane's book too that starts ministering to me about we're not supposed to stay anywhere for too long we're not supposed to stay stuck anywhere for too long and it made me start questioning myself how many 
places or homes have I made in the valley that I was supposed to just pass through? How many valleys have I, did I turn into a home? Dark areas in my life. How many places have I, did I make a home out of when I was just supposed to be walking through it? How many things did I let control me or have a a greater say-so over my life than what God said over my life? How many times did I keep looking back when I was supposed to be looking forward? And how much time did I waste because I kept looking back? And God, God... God exists outside of time. So God, he, he'll he use time for anything or he'll use that time for greater purpose. But it makes me wonder, like, how much of my way do I end up getting in? Like, how much do I end up getting in my own way? And, and in the book as well, she talks about where, when we don't have our eyes fixed on God, when, when we're not looking forward, when we're looking backwards, we're looking at our past, whether it was whether we're stuck there because we just want to go back to that way or we're stuck there because we feel hindered by it and it weighs us down. We can't keep moving forward. Be- because we're looking back and not looking forward, we start squandering. So we start making a home. We start building a village or a little neighborhood in a place that isn't even a quarter of what God had in mind for us. And so there's this, there's this, settling spirit that we attach ourselves to we just start settling and I ooh, I, mm, I rebuke the spirit of settling in anything I rebuke not believing God for God's best and I rebuke settling for bump that uh uh uh-uh, no but how much of that do we do because we don't want to believe that, that God has better because we don't want to believe that while this valley sucks, I'm going somewhere. I'm headed somewhere. And, you know, the Bible, it's it's connected and it's it's like a little Marvel universe. There are so many hidden passageways and doorways to different parts of scripture. Cause in Proverbs, it says, where there's lack of vision, the people will perish. Perish means rot or decay or suffer utter destruction. So where there is no vision, where there is no sight, where there and not and not physical sight not sight with your eyeballs sight with vision that only God can give that only he can impart when there is no vision people will perish rot or decay we we fall off when our eyes are not looking forward which is why the story when Jesus was saying you know if you set your hands to the plow and turn back you're not fit for the kingdom but also remember Lot's wife there's a there's a common thread in all these stories and even in Hebrews of, of Sir Joining we are just passing through and turning around gets us nowhere turning around looking backwards in any capacity gets us nowhere you can reflect you can evaluate you can do the work but turning backwards means your eyes are no longer on Christ, which is what Jesus was dealing with in all of these stories. If you take your eyes off him for a second, that's where you're going to get thrown off. And that's where you're going to stop. Then you're going to make a home out of a place you're not supposed to be in. And then you're going to settle. It's it's this it's like this domino effect of turning around, staying too long. So now you're squandering. 
now you're now you're settling now you're making a home and then what you perish that's not God's that's not that's not God's story for us that's not how he wrote this story out and you know as I do all my reflecting at the end of the year I was starting to get really sad because I'm like I didn't do all the things that I wanted to do or you know maybe like I wish I it was a whole bunch of could have should have would have instead of God thank you for your sovereignty in carrying me through that situation now I want to improve on that like you could like it's okay to acknowledge and evaluate but I don't want to throw any more pity parties of one I don't want to throw those anymore and for what <laughs> for what what are we throwing any more pity parties for we get nowhere we truly get nowhere and I just start to think like it's you know acknowledging things and because like I said this is a pro therapy podcast so I'm all for talking things out I am all for talking things out crying things out laying things out getting them out but how do I you know after that after it's been laid out like how do I get up because some days it just feels too heavy to keep getting up and I, I imagine you know that's why like at the same time it is very easy to settle because it gets comfortable there and so it's like after I've dealt with it and acknowledged it I just kind of want to sit in it because it just feels too heavy and then like I said I've been in Hebrews real bad and I think it's in Hebrews 12 I want to say it's in Hebrews 12 it was like shortly it was literally shortly after the verse that talked about um, Abraham and Isaac and all of them and it said therefore let us lay aside every weight it says let us lay aside every weight and sin that entangles us so that we can run with endurance the race that is set before us if you think of track runners what do track runners run in spandex spandex fitted clothes like skin tight in like small air pretty much airtight shoes and the image that it shows us is like mind you like the life that we're living, it's its a game of, it's a race of endurance. It's not the swift, the swift or the fast, it's endurance. But if you're going to run, ain't no point, if you're going to be going with endurance, there's no point in being weighed down by all this extra, extra heavy clothing, all this extra heavy stuff that's weighing on you that's not supposed to be going with you. And so it says, let us lay aside every weight. After you acknowledge and bring it to God's attention, like a therapy session, and that's really what my prayers and conversations with God when my door is closed and I'm by myself, it's just, or I'm in the car driving, it's me just getting it all out with God and acknowledging and putting it at his feet. And sometimes that takes multiple days in a row. Sometimes that takes like me bringing the same thing up to him probably for a couple weeks in a row, not because I'm not over it or not because like I, I want to hold on to it. It's good, some things just take a minute to just keep laying at his feet. And it's, that's why the Bible says like, you got to pick up your cross daily. So if I got to carry this cross, that means I got to put stuff down and I got to keep putting it at his feet. So I got to keep praying. I have to keep worshiping. I have to keep going to therapy. I have to keep journaling. I have to keep having community that I can be completely vulnerable and honest with. I have to keep choosing the hard thing. I have to, it's an act of choice. Like there's power in your choice and it's hard to carry but it's also hard to let go of. So you have to pick what your heart is. And so 
as I'm doing these things each day, you know, how do I not get stuck with just carrying these things? I got to keep putting them out of speed because eventually that weight is laid down. And I had to keep confessing my struggles and my sins. And over time, because Jesus does have indeed the best exchange policy, he says, my burden, my, my burden is light and my yoke is easy. I may have got those words flipped. My burden is light and my yoke is easy. But what he is saying is, give me that. I can carry that. I'm going to give you me. And I I am light. I am, you, you won't be broken trying to carry this. That weight that you're trying to hold on to, that's going to crush you. Carry me with you. And I'm going to give you strength. I'm going to give you the power that you need. I'm going to give you the mental strength that you need. I'm going to give you the spiritual strength that you need. I'm going to give you that hope that you are looking for and everything else. And so, and as we just make these active choices, even in how bad they hurt or how much they suck because that's that's what they do they suck it it hurts jesus i don't like this i want to do this i don't know what and most of all i don't know what i'm doing i'm having faith but i don't know what i'm doing whole time god is like good you're not supposed to (laughs) and i'd be like okay period 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 king you are king the whole thing that i got from the book that i got from hebrews in those chapters and in Luke with Jesus was talking was and Lot's wife most importantly because Jesus tells us remember Lot's wife we can't look backwards there's nothing there there's nothing there nothing of nothing of use but what I will say and this is something I find really cool there's nothing of use that we can use emphasis on we there's nothing back there that we can use that we're gonna know what to do with remember when I said earlier Romans 8 28 Romans 8 28 says all things all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose what I love so much about God because he is the ultimate creative genius is because he works all things and not some things and not a couple of things but all things the thing that should have destroyed us in the past or hurt us in the past he turns into something else he goes back and turns it into something else and because our eyes are fixed on him we didn't know that he was doing something with it whole time he was turning it into something to work for our good I think of the story of Joseph Y'all know the story of Joseph. He had a dream. He had the bright coat. His brother sold him to slavery. He won favor in the in the prison. Then became governor. Y'all know that story. In one of the final parts of that, of like his story, and his brothers thought, you know, like now that dad's gone, he's gone, he's going to kill us. Joseph says, You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. In what God does with our past or with things that were back in the olden days, what he ends up doing with it and how he turns it for our good, it really does blow my mind to this day. And it shows for one, how sovereign he is, two, how he'll use anything, and three, why, how important it is that our eyes are on him. Because when our eyes are on him, there's things that he's working in us that he's going to, that he's going to 
make into a whole new thing. If we give him his job back, control freaks, I'm talking about us. If we give him his job back of stop of not trying to be God anymore and trying to write the story and trying to control the narrative and trying to do things the way that we want to do it, there is hopefully we can all just get free from getting in the driver's seat. Get get out the driver's seat for real. Matter of fact, get out the car. <laughs> let's get out the car. Let's get out the car and let's walk. Let's walk with Jesus. And, I, and honestly, like if Jesus was here on earth today, I guarantee he would say that. You know what? We're not. I don't even like this car. Let's walk. I'd be like, Jesus, hold on. <laughs> My feet hurt. Hold on. But honestly, what if we did do that? And Preston Morrison said this on his podcast. He said, if you walk with Jesus, you'll never be late anywhere. And if our eyes are fixed on him and he's ahead of us and we're walking before him, we have, we don't really even have time to look back and we get to where we're going on time. Food for thought. I didn't know that this episode was going to turn into this, but I'm glad it did. And so hopefully for today, the point that we all get is let's not look back anymore. Let's not turn around and let's God, let's let God be God and have our eyes fixed on him. Because I think what he ends up doing with us is far greater than what we could have conjured up in our minds. Ephesians 3.20, where he does exceedingly and abundantly all that we could dare ask, think, or imagine. I really do want to, and I, I pray that, I pray that blessing over, I decree that over everyone, over ourselves, that may the rest of 2023 and 2024 be proof of he does more than we could ask, think, or imagine. And let's fall in step with that. He goes above and beyond. And honestly, we can start right now, to be honest. We can start right this second. So whatever day you hear this, Happy New Year. I don't care if it's December 20th or December 30th. Happy New Year. The new year starts the second you decide to stop turning around and let him do a new thing. And he says that in Isaiah, or can you see it? I'm bringing rivers and deserts I'm doing a new thing and as long as you're not looking back that new thing will reveal in front of your eyes and you won't miss a second of it Lord thank you for your word thank you for speaking thank you for your goodness and mercy and how it follows us all the days of our lives thank you for your sovereignty thank you for hope thank you for your spirit Thank you for everything. And thank you for being the number one thing that our eyes can should be fixed on. And thank you for life and breathing life. Amen. Amen. Y'all go be blessed. I love y'all.